You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hey everyone, we're back in the open with America and Teresa. Hi everyone. Today we're going to talk about what's wrong with me, which is I think a compliment to a podcast I did with Kevin a while back called What Mental Illness Do I Have? But also sums up some of our discussion lately on our personalities, our identity, ourselves, and needing a label, needing insight to figure out who we are and how to get better. Yeah, I like that. I like that frame. We need insight. That's a definite psychology term. I feel like a lot of therapists use it where people see or hear things that feel out of reality. Mm. And they like therapists and especially psychosis, schizophrenia therapists talk about whether or not someone has insight. Like, do they know that what they're dealing with is real versus not real? Which as a trauma survivor, I also find so helpful to think about because in the moment of just my spiral, it's it's really hard to know if what I'm experiencing is made up in my brain or real. Like is did something is something happening to me? I'm thinking about the definition which I looked up just to make sure, right? And what it says is the capacity to gain an accurate and deep intuitive understanding of a person or thing. Dang. Yo. Let me tell you, okay? Let me just tell you where that takes me because when when I hear you describe if maybe you're living with psychosis, are you aware of what is happening? That's a very interesting perspective. The other side of this too, though, is in daily life, are we aware of where our reactions come from? Yep, that's everything. Um, yeah, <laughs> why it is that I have said this thing this way. I had a conversation with someone the other day that they said, no, I don't really think about the things that I've said. And I'm like, what? Do they not have problems? <laughs> I was just like dumbfounded. I was like, do you understand the question that I've asked you? They're like, no, I really don't think about stuff beyond like the moment that it happens. I kind of was just like at a loss. And I was like, yo, teach me your ways because I can't. Is this person content? <laughs> Do they not have problems or are they oblivious? I think that they're content just being who they are. And, uh, you know, that feeling, I, I've never had that feeling where I'm not, I mean, I can be sure of myself, but I'm also aware. I'm very aware. Okay, that's very interesting because in psychology, there's a story of a man who had a bar rammed up his head and it mm-hmm. split his two hemispheres. And that mm-hmm. guy, he lives in the moment all the time, totally unaware of what he says, how his emotions are, how they're tied to what he says. Does being content mean you also just are oblivious or living constantly in the moment without regard to your own pain, to others' pain? You know, mm. that's not healthy either because everybody no, left him and he was fine with it. He was just like, eh, whatever, it's fine. I think part of the part of the question that is tied to this, right, is like, what's wrong with me? But it's it is also this idea, like, I think you have to want 
to try to understand something, to get to the bottom of it, to then try to get yourself not only out understand, get out of it, and you know, and then move forward from it. Mm-hmm. If it's not bothering you, it's not, it's not in your frame of mind. Or you're scared. And I want to say that because sometimes mm. people are so deep in it, like that toxicity that happens in your brain where you hate yourself mm. and you're so deep in it. It doesn't feel like you, you can even see a way out. You're so insecure. You're so in a dark place. It's not just that I want to get out. I don't even know a way out. Or sometimes I don't even know another world. Right. I don't even see. I Yeah. Oh. Which is, I think, the hardest thing to be. So like people who have long-term trauma from childhood who never had healthy relationships sometimes grow up in this horrible space where it's really, really hard. It's like you've not maybe known another way or people have mistreated you for so long and then you mistreated yourself. Okay. Let's take a moment though. I hear it and I feel that. Like if you've never seen this other world, how could you even question that there is another world? One. The other is this question of what's wrong with me. I feel it can only be asked from two kind of situations. One, you have seen something different. So you're, there's a comparison, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the other is something, maybe it's a different person. Some situation has created some discomfort that you're like, wait, what's You know wrong? it's not okay. Yeah. Right. Something's you know something icky about this. Not a change. Yeah. Yeah. So for the rest of the podcast, I think we should assume no matter where you've started, you came to this space because you know something's wrong Mm -hmm. and it's likely you want to change. Yeah. But what does it take to build insight? Is it a label? Is it understanding? Is it insight? Is it time? Is it other people changing or is it you changing? It's all of the above. Yeah. (laughs) That's a little heavy. I got I'm going to tell you this because I'm processing some of the things that my therapist has said, you know, there's a whole connection to understanding our childhood, how mm-hmm. that relates to who we are today. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people may not be ready to do that. So mm-hmm. one, there is a, an idea that of safety that you have to make sure that you are prepared to kind of go down this hole. Because mm-hmm. it can be very scary, right? It's something that's very unknown. You're not really sure of what it's going to look like what you're going to learn. But for me, there was an interest. And the interest started with me saying, these things that I do, they're not serving me well. I have to try to figure out what I can do differently. And for me to figure out what to do differently, I got to ask, why did I do that in the first place? Yep. Basically what I think going to therapy, (laughs) that's like all the stuff that leads you to therapy, right? You're like... It's not working and I can't take care of it on my own anymore. I need somebody else to reflect back to me the direction I need to explore these issues so I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, why why do I say the things I say? Why do I make the choices that I do? Why do I feel the way I do inside? Or why does my brain think the way it thinks? So what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, everything. <laughs> Today's podcast and last week's podcast make me think about this idea of um, they're very broad, very thought-provoking. So it leaves me 
wanting to answer this question like there's nothing wrong with me because what you said last week was like what if the rest of the world if something's wrong with the rest of the world right (laughs) and us people that feel things more intensely and are looking at things and are wanting to learn the why maybe we're the ones that are supposed to be the ones that are saying hey this thing how everybody says it's supposed to be it isn't yeah and and certainly I think there's a part of therapy where you go, where you realize, because you go into therapy thinking everything is wrong with me <laughs> yes. or everything is wrong with someone else and we just need to fix these problems. And then there's a point where you realize, okay, wait, what I am experiencing is a understandable reaction to my experiences. Mm-hmm. But what are those experiences? Do they come from my brain? Did they come from my relationships, where I grew up? And then ultimately, how how does that awareness get me to change my behavior going forward? And both of those things, the awareness, the learning, the awareness, and then making the conscious choice to make better decisions. Mm. <laughs> because I'm constantly yelling at myself, like, make better choices. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you can't make a better choice until you recognize that, you know, you had a choice. Yeah. But this is the fundamental, I think, of change. Totally. You know, when we go out into the world, when I go out and do the work that I do and like talk about MHA and talk about mental health, one of the things that I always really start off with is this idea, if you feel like something isn't right. So if you go back to look and listen to some of the podcasts, we talk about like what's normal, what's not normal. And we always go back to this idea. It has to be related to your experience. So when you are feeling like something isn't right, something just doesn't feel like it's meshing with who you are, the way that you just function on a daily basis, I think that's the starting point for you to then say, all right, I got to I got to make a decision here. And that's what you're talking about. I can either decide to try to understand this or accept the fact that it is what it is and I'm never going to touch it again and I'm just going to make it part of who I am, which I think is not the healthiest thing because that oftentimes will come to bite us in the tuchus, right? Mm -hmm. Years from now. And then you're like, oh, now I got to actually explore this thing. It's the de- we talk about this a lot, right? The devil you know versus the devil you don't know. It's way scarier to put yourself out there to make change. We're afraid of risk. We're afraid to find out something really is wrong with us, and then to also grieve the 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 possible truth that something bad may have happened to us, or our brain is aligned in a different way. But where do I have control, and how have I made choices that? hold me back, you know, hold me back from maybe loving people or accepting love. I think people start asking this question at different times when they're really, they really find themselves struggling in some way. Mm -hmm. And like, we're going in a circle back to the question, right? Like around the beginning, like, what if you've never known anything different? Yeah. I feel fear. I don't even know what I'm afraid of. I just know that I don't like it. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's why asking yourself what's wrong with me is hard. It is. It is scary to take an accounting. What's funny is that our brains are sinking up right now because 
in my mind, I'm like, you know, a, a really good place to kind of start this journey is to make a list because I'm a list person, right? That I'd be like, what are the things? Mm. Just put, put them out there. What are they? I don't have an issue with this, but others may, you know, like I curse. Some people don't like that I curse, right? And I'm like, well, where does it come from? But if you start making a list of things and you're like, this one, you know, I can live with it. It's not hurting me. It's not hurting anybody else. But if you guys have been listening for a while, I know that I struggle with anger issues. I own it. I am working very hard on that. Why? Because I recognize that it was important for my well-being not to get to this place of like rage. You make actual lists? No, I'm. I'm the list exists in my head. Oh, okay. But um, but still, yeah, <laughs> in list it is a list. <laughs> it's an, an ethereal list. But yes, a list. I was like, these are the things that I would want to work on. For me, that works because that's how my brain processes. Mm, okay. Maybe for others, it's visual, right? Like you see this thing on the wall or whatever. I don't know. Okay. So I don't have a list. I'm going to say I do have a list and I don't have a list. I'm maybe more chaotic energy than you. So what happens is I get into a fight. Okay. Or something happens and... I have to use this mind trick, which it's in psychology. Everybody has their own version of it. Dear man and VCI. Basically, I ask myself, what happened? Just slow down. What happened? How was that making me feel? Like, what is that doing to me? Where did that come from? And what do you need to do right now? And that's all I can do, right? But when I do that over and over again in my life, I've started to realize that I get into the same problems <laughs> and I start to see patterns. And when I see a pattern, that's where I've made a list. So you're telling me like, let's say you and I get into an argument and in, in the midst of our arguing, this is going on in your head? At the end of it, you know, oh, okay. after everyone's saying, you, I have the last word, you have the last word, why are you, why are you screwed up? Or you're the one that's being weird. You know, everybody has their own version of that. Yeah. And then you're like, just get out of my face. Yeah. And then like when I leave and I finally have a calm moment, okay. I have to go through this process. Otherwise, okay. I'm just swimming in the anger. Okay. So that was something I learned. But this is where I start to find out what's wrong with me is I had to learn to do that. To slow the process down. And then over time, I also started to see the patterns. All right. Where certain things would come up, like certain similar feelings or certain similar situations that would trigger me or or like, okay, recognizing like what I feel a lot is insecure. Which when you tell people that, like, why are you being so insecure? The first initial instinct I used to have was defensiveness. I'm not insecure. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, why? Yeah. What is that about that? That makes me feel so put in a corner. Mm-hmm. So the mental list, like, I don't know if you have a list list, but that's the way my list looked over time, years. I'm talking decades. So now, now that you've you've put that into practice and you kind of hone that skill, mm-hmm. these events or these situations that may be triggering, how do you register that in your head? Like the moment that it's happening, you're like. Now I'm better and better at tracking it. I mean, and something as simple as, you know, when you're on your period, do you remember what it was like when you were 15? And it just felt crazy. (laughs) But now at 40, I'm better at being like, oh, I'm PMSing. 
or okay. oh, I'm ovulating. Yeah, okay. It doesn't but mean for it's the people perfect. that are not period sufferers. <laughs> so yeah, now as an older person, I I have more practice at finding my traps and being a better person because I catch myself. And I by think, by better person, I even mean to myself mostly, like not totally. a better person to like someone else, a better person to me. Yeah. More self-compassionate. The other day, I literally said the words, I don't go to therapy for you. I go to therapy for me. Oh, were you in couples therapy? No, this was oh. just a conversation <laughs> with my fiance that I was just like, I go because I know that I need a space to explore these things. Mm. Because I want to be a better human being. And I want to be better to myself because it doesn't serve me to be angry or anything. What I hear from you, though, is it's taken time to hone these skills. You have some sort of ready-to-go list. Even now, it's kind of more, um, you've kind of integrated into your functioning. So there's it's not as much of a listicle as it would be. For me, it still is more of a list that I'm like, oh, pay attention. This is happening, right? But I, I think for people that are exploring this and are trying to understand maybe to feel some sort of normal it, it's totally normal to ask this question but then the next piece is like what am I gonna do with this info let's say at there I think there is something wrong with me now what you can figure it out and uh, yeah and I feel like you in some ways you can't figure it out unless you know mm-hmm. which goes back to the original. We were thinking of the title of this podcast being, do I need a label to get better? Mm-hmm. And I think you do because life is chaotic. If you don't have a sense of direction of where your problems come from, then you can't even begin to talk about it and figure out a solution for them. But labels are just different, right? Like some people really resonate with a label of a mental illness and other people resonate with other labels Regardless, I think most people have a sense of a word or an idea that gives you direction. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta say that's very true. You do need some direction to know what where you're gonna go. So if there is a question around, you know, is what I'm feeling depression? Maybe. Is what I'm feeling, you know, the impact of all the trauma that I've had since I was two years old? Possibility. Not necessarily depression, maybe it's anxiety. We don't know that. But I think beyond that, what ends up happening, and I and I say this just from, from my experience, is it also creates an opportunity for me to learn from other people. Mm. I'd be like, I'm gonna explore this space and see if it feels okay, if I feel like I can share, and if I can't, maybe it's not the best place for me, and then I just find another space. Yeah, that's really true. It's like um, if I listen to other people talk about stuff and I really resonate with it, mm-hmm. obviously this is problematic because on TikTok you can just – or whatever, Instagram, but you can just <laughs> over-relate to everything and think that you have everything. But if you feel that way, I think it's helpful to say what aspects are you relating to? Mm-hmm. Does that give you better awareness, insight into what it is you're struggling with? And then when labels work best, you really resonate with the clusters together and how they're distinct. Because 
you know, psychology and the DSM, they're not perfect, but they tried to make categories. And then the National Institutes of Mental Health and the research people have tried to make clusters and understand the way our brain works. Somewhere in between all that, we're just trying to learn about human nature. And I think that's where people, we, you, me, have to bring our lives into the context of understanding these labels and categories and say what works for me and what really helps me solve my actual problems. I think sometimes people struggle with this question and this space because at least here within the United States and the predominant kind of culture is for us to really focus on on a medical way of seeing things. So like if you have X thing, right? Like you have a headache. Oh, and there's a there's a list. Do you have these things? Blah, you know. And the ultimate thing is if you try these treatments, right? You can take this type of medicine, you can do this. You're supposed to get some sort of resolution. But the reality is the the difficulty that arises from that frame of mind is that when we narrow our thoughts within this paradigm, in this box, then we are less likely to explore anything else. And I think that's where conversation is really important Mm -hmm. to help us then be like, oh, my experience as as a Latino woman that was born somewhere else coming here to United States is very different from X person living here doing whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And those variations in who we are as people, which makes us fabulously important, all those very independent-minded things, they can be overwhelming, but the connection that's needed to find somebody else will help us navigate the space of saying, maybe there's not that much wrong with me, but this X thing that I feel, Mm -hmm. it really is connected to all these other things. And that helps to normalize all of this for me. Yeah. The question of what's wrong with me can be looked at by basing your experience on what you think is what you want for yourself, not comparing to others, just asking yourself what you really want and what you think can be better for you. Mm -hmm. That was a nice summary. Thank you all for being here. These existential meaning like who existence, my personhood, my identity some of the good stuff. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye everyone. Keep fighting in the open. Bye.